For our Bible reading, I would invite you to turn with me tonight to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 26. I know that I said I would return to Daniel, but just for tonight and maybe even for next week, we're going to leave Daniel and we will return to it in due course. Isaiah chapter 26, we're going to read together the word of God from verse 1. Let's hear the Holy Scriptures. Let let the Lord speak to your heart tonight. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. Open ye the gates, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed in thee because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high the lofty city he layeth it low. He layeth it low even to the ground. He bringeth it even to the dust. The foot shall tread it down even the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness. Thou, most upright, dost weigh the path of the just. Yea, in the way of thy judgments, O Lord, have we waited for thee. The desire of our soul is to thy name and to the remembrance of thee. With my soul have I desired thee in the night, Yea, with my spirit within me will I seek thee early. For when thy judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Let favor be showed to the wicked. Yet will he not learn righteousness? In the land of uprightness will he deal unjustly and will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when thy hand is lifted up, they will not see but they shall see and be ashamed for their envy at the people. Yea, the fire of thine enemies shall devour them. Lord, thou wilt ordain peace for us, for thou also hast wrought all our works in us. O Lord, our God, other lords beside thee have had dominion over us, but by thee only will we make mention of thy name. They are dead. They shall not live. They are deceased. They shall not rise. Therefore thou hast visited and destroyed them and made all their memory to perish. Thou hast increased the nation, O Lord. Thou hast increased the nation. Thou art glorified. Thou hast removed it far unto all the ends of the earth. Lord, in trouble have they visited thee. They poured out a prayer when thy chastening was upon them. Like as a woman with child that draweth near the time of her delivery is in pain and crieth out in her pangs, so have we been in thy sight, O Lord. We have been with child. We have been in pain. We have, as it were, brought forth wind. We have not wrought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust. For thy dew is as the dew of the herbs, 
and the earth shall cast out the dead. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. Amen. We know that the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text this evening is taken from Isaiah chapter 26 that I read in your presence. And I want to think about the verse 20. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. And I want us to think of the theme tonight that I've entitled God's counsel in the light of this corona virus. Now let us be in no doubt tonight that we are living in calamitous and bewildering times. Due to this coronavirus, the whole world has come to a complete standstill. 160 countries worldwide are reporting on this invisible killer virus. Because of this virus stalking our land, Drastic measures have had to be implemented. Many businesses have ceased trading. Shops have had to pull down their shutters. Tens of thousands of men and women have been temporarily laid off work or sent home from work. Even churches, all religious and faith groups have had to close their doors to assembled worshippers. Literally, Tens of thousands all over the world have been infected. Many sadly have died already. The World Health Organization is reporting 30,000 dead, even as I speak. Northern Ireland sadly has to report 21 of these dead. Out of the 410 cases in the hospital. 36 of the deaths have taken place in the Republic of Ireland and almost 1,225 or 26 in the whole of the United Kingdom. Folks, no doubt these are strange times. These are extraordinary days. Now, now think of the impact of this killer pandemic upon the people of the earth. Think of the impact upon the people physically. Tens of thousands affected. 30,000 dead. Think of the loss of a loved one. The impact that that has. Think of the impact societally. Many are cut off from family and friends. Tonight as I speak, care workers have locked themselves inside care homes with their patients. Many feel socially isolated and they have lost face-to-face physical contact. They can only make contact by phone or email or Skype. You think of the impact mentally and emotionally. People all around the world are afraid. Many are worried. Many are in a panic-stricken way. The stress and anxiety levels of many individuals is at an all-time high. 
Another impact is the impact economically. Is there not to date a huge drain on the world's finances and valuable resources? This world, even if the coronavirus was over tomorrow, would be heading into a very, very big recession. And I want to ask a question tonight, and it's this, where is God in all this? And here's the answer. Where God has always been, God is on the throne of the universe, ruling and reigning in absolute sovereign control, even of this situation. You see, this pandemic has not taken God by surprise. This pandemic, of course, will never exhaust God's supplies of grace and care, especially to his covenant people. God is still at work in this pandemic. God works in ways that defines human wisdom and human logic. God's ways, the Bible says, are past finding out. Listen to what the book of Romans has to say. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who have known the mind of the Lord, or who have been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. You see, God's ways are contrary to the ways of the world. Do you know tonight that God even in this pandemic, still cares for his people. Just like a shepherd does his sheep when the sheep are attacked, whether it's the lion or the bear or the wolf, the Lord takes steps as a good shepherd to protect his people. In times of trouble, he's thinking especially of them as his own blood-bought dear ones. He loves them with an everlasting love. He calls out to them. He, he counsels them. A child of God tonight listening to me, your heavenly father has his eyes on you. You're already in his heart and mind. He, he, he knows all about this evil in the land. Remember, he knows everything. Remember, he is omniscient. And, and he, he not only knows uh, what is going to happen, uh, uh, by way of foreseeing the evil, uh, I believe, of course, he has decreed by his holy determination what is going to happen. And not only has he foreseen it and foreordained it, but you know what? He also forewarns about evil and calamity in the world. He speaks of a judgment that's coming. He speaks of wrath to come. He not only forewarns of it, he reveals it. And, of course, counsels and provides for his own about a shelter in the times of storm. Here's God's counsel when trouble comes along our pathway. Here's God's counsel in light of judgment to come. I believe that Isaiah 26 and 20 is one of those great prophecies in the Bible that is, will be fulfilled fully in the day of Final judgment when Jesus Christ returns and sets up his eternal kingdom. 
Isaiah 26, I believe, is in reality an inspired song of his redeemed people. We could call it a, a song of the saved, a song that will be sung in the day of God's deliverance, in the day of God's wrath and vengeance. And uh, from that day, that, that day of dreadful wrath that's coming upon the world, a, a day, of course, that's referenced for us in the book of Revelation. Uh, listen to Revelation chapter 6 and and. 16 it says and said to the mountains and rocks fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand that terrible day of wrath is yet to come and I want to tell you tonight that this virus like other viruses like other plagues that have come in the world. We think of the Spanish flu in 1918. We think of the polo, polo virus in 1950 in Northern Ireland. And all the earthquakes and the famines and the pestilences that are upon the world is but a foretaste of terrible judgment to come. These stand like warning beacons. These stand like a warning call from God. And God sounds out his advice. Prepare to meet thy God. Amos 4 and 12. Now, what is God saying tonight to the church? What is God saying tonight to the country? I believe that God is calling this world to repent and believe the gospel. I believe that God is reminding us that he hasn't gone away, you know. Where is the pride of men tonight? Where are those who dwell on high? Where are the mighty and the rich and the famous? What answer, what message do they have for the people that are struggling with fear and all over the world because of this pandemic? The answer's none. Certainly none that would do them any good as far as their soul is concerned. But you know what? God has a message for us tonight. And here's God's message. Let's listen to God this evening. And what does God say? Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. God's counsel in the light of this coronavirus. Let me think of four things. First of all, the reason for this counsel. If you look at the text, underline the words, the indignation be overpassed. Now, this is a reference, as I've said, to the wrath of God, the day of God's wrath at the end of the world in the visible personal return of Jesus Christ. If you look at verse 21, 4, it means because, behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. This is a reference to God in heaven coming out of heaven to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And in that day, the earth shall disclose her blood. Literally, it means bloods. You think of the, the murder of innocent people. People who have murdered them think they've got away scot-free. I believe, as I've said already, that this coronavirus is a warning from the God of judgment to come. I believe God is calling the world to repent and believe the gospel. 
Remember the story in Luke 13, 1 and 5. Some individuals asked the Lord Jesus about the death of those Galileans whose Pilate has mingled their blood with the blood of their sacrifices. And they were asking the Lord Jesus where they were worse sinners because this had happened. And he said to them, Nay, I tell you, nevertheless, except you repent, you shall likewise perish. And then they give another illustration. What about those that were working in the Tower of Siloam and the Tower of Siloam fell upon them, killing 18? Were they bigger or worse sinners than the rest of society? And the Lord Jesus said, Nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And if we link up Isaiah 26, verse 1, that says, In that day shall this song be sung. In that day, that day, I believe, is a reference to the day of God's wrath at the end of the world. That, that's, that's the day of the time of Jacob's trouble. And I want to say tonight that all other calamities... All other instances in the world, whether they be plagues or pestilence, whether they be um, uh, coronaviruses or any other virus, I believe they're all pointing to and foretelling that coming day. Remember the Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, and he said this in the verse 7 and in the verse 8. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And of course, in the context of the children of Israel, it was the Assyrian army, the Babylonian army, and then the Roman army. And, and they were all pointing and foretelling to this terrible day of wrath and judgment that was coming upon the world. Remember in the book of Proverbs we read, because there is wrath, beware, lest he take thee away with a stroke. John the Baptist said, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come. I've already quoted uh, Revelation chapter 6, verses 16 and 17. And I want to say tonight that day of judgment is approaching. And this coronavirus is just pointing to that. And when does it take place? Well, the true answer is I don't know. But I do know this, it takes place at the return of Jesus Christ when he comes in power and glory. And, and this day is the day of the, the grand finale. It's the day of the judgment of the different nations of the world. It's the day of God's great retribution when, when, when God will, will destroy the, the nations of the world. L listen to the word of God in the book of Thessalonians. We read in Thessalonians chapter 2, chapter 1 rather, in uh, 2 Thessalonians, verse 7, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. And in that day, of course, there'll be a day of great earthquake. The stars will fall from heaven. The sun will be darkened. The moon will not shine. And in that day, the righteous judge will come. 
And before that day comes, this righteous judge and wonderful mercy is sending like light afflictions upon the earth. You see, the earthquakes, the plagues, the pestilence, the famines, that they're all pointing towards this coming day of wrath. And this judgment, of course, in the day of wrath is universal. None will escape. In that day, of course, those in Christ will not be condemned because of their sin. In that day, they'll be declared not guilty because they're found in Christ. Yes, they have sinned. Yes, they have rebelled against their maker and creator. But, but they're found trusting in the work in Jesus Christ. They're sheltering underneath the power of the precious blood. And God sees that blood mark. God sees that they're born of the Spirit. God sees the love of God in their heart. God sees that they've passed from death unto life. Listen again to the scripture. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. If you're not a true born-again believer sheltering underneath the precious blood tonight and you're listening to me, the wrath of God is abiding upon you. It's hanging over your head and it's only the mercy of God that keeps you alive and keeps you out of being put into hell for all eternity. Remember the scripture tells us in John 5 and 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but has passed from death unto life. And not only is this day of wrath is the judgment of God uh, universal, it's also unsparing. No one will be spared. Those that don't know God, those that obey not the gospel, all sins, secret sins, particular sins, open sins, they'll all be uncovered. Every murder in the land even the murder of the innocent, the, the, the doctors whose hands performed the, the very surgery to, to murder the babies in the womb, they'll all give an account. All the high and lofty ones, those in the upper echelons of the government, I have a message for you tonight. And the message is this. Listen to God, because God is speaking. Here's the reason for his counsel. This coronavirus is but a foretaste and a foreshadowing of terrible judgment to come. You know, somebody sent me a little WhatsApp message. I'm not remembering who it was, but it was a prayer of a man called Joe Wright. I believe he's a pastor in the United States of America. And he offered this prayer in the Senate in Kansas. And this is what he prayed. Let me quote the prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today to ask your forgiveness, to seek your direction and guidance. We know what your word says. And he quotes from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. He said this, we have lost our spiritual equilibrium and reversed our values. We have ridiculed the absolute truth of your word and called it pluralism. We have worshipped other gods and called it multiculturalism. We have endorsed perversion and called it an alternative lifestyle. 
We have exploited the poor and called it the lottery. We have rewarded laziness and called it welfare. We we have killed our unborn and called it choice. We have shot abortionists and called it justifiable. We have neglected to discipline our children and called it building self-esteem. We have abused power and called it politics. We have embezzled public funds and called it essential expenses. We have institutionalized bribery and called it sweets of office. We have coveted our neighbor's possession and called it ambition. We have polluted the air with profanity and pornography and called it freedom of expression. We have ridiculed our time, honored values of our forefathers and called it enlightenment. And then he prayed, search us, O God, and know our hearts. Cleanse us from every sin. And you know, after he had finished the amen, there was a protest. Men in high office, quite a number of them walked out. And you see, they were not listening. Because this coronavirus is a reminder from God for judgment to come. It pictures a more fearsome day of judgment to come. And I want to ask tonight, are you living in light of that day of wrath to come? Remember the Bible says, prepare to meet thy God. Amos 4 and 12. And it means God is coming to meet you in judgment. And that day is closer, I believe, than than ever it was in the history of mankind. And I ask you again, are you living in light of it? Are you ready for that day? Are you sheltering underneath the blood? The second thing I want to say tonight is the recommendation of this counsel. Listen to this call, God's call. Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment. Come, my people. Isn't that sound advice? Are those sweet words? God himself is issuing a summons to come. Here's the word of invitation. You you think tonight of the danger ahead, this day of wrath that's coming upon the world. I think of a hen in the farmyard. I think of little chickens, and she sees the hawk. She hears its screech in the sky, and she calls her little ones and gathers them under her wings. She would do the same if she sensed a fox was near. She would do the same in a sense of a fire that was going to sweep the farmyard. You see, this is not only a sweet call, this is a, a strong call. And and God's call is, come my people. And notice God's call is, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself. The word chambers here means hidden rooms, a place to hide. And in that place, that hidden place, hide yourself. In other words, go to the inner chambers. You know, the Bible teaches there in the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs 22 and 3, a prudent man, that's a wise man, forseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And you know, for those tonight that heed God's call and heed God's command to hide themselves, there's an opportunity. And the opportunity is this, to shelter there under the protection of the blood. 
Did you know tonight that in Exodus 12, the children of Israel were told by God to quarantine themselves in the land of Goshen? They were to go into their houses and shut the doors and hide themselves within the chambers. Remember, in the houses of that night, the death angel passed through the land of Egypt, and only those that were protected under the power of the blood were saved, and only those did God spare. Remember what he says in Exodus um, chapter 12 and verse 12, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. You can be saved tonight. You can be spared suffering the wrath of God in that day by sheltering underneath the power of the precious blood of Christ. The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. And I ask tonight, is this true of you? Is the blood mark upon you? Can God say, when I see the blood, I will pass over you? The children of Israel stayed in their houses that night until the plague was passed, until after the death of the firstborn had come to pass. Where were they protected? In their homes, sheltering underneath the power of the blood. And of course, ultimately, Jesus Christ is our hiding place. He's a refuge. He's a fortress for our souls. And I ask tonight, has the blood of Christ been applied by faith? And in this recommendation of this counsel is from God to heed his call, to, to listen to this command, and to, by faith, Shelter underneath the precious blood. As you enter into thy chamber, as you shut the door about thee, then ask yourself, am I sheltered there under the protection of the blood? But you know, tonight for those that hide themselves, they not only can shelter under the protection of the blood, but they can do something else. They can supplicate the throne. The Bible encourages us to pray without ceasing. And you who are shut into your own homes, I would encourage you to continue in an attitude of, our, of prayer. Remember in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 6, and in the verse 6, the Lord Jesus mentioned there um, about prayer. He said, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You can, in prayer, seek God's mind on the situation that we face. You can pray to God about the trouble. You can pray to God about illness. You can pray to God about your trials. You can pray to God even about the subject of death. Could I encourage you tonight in your prayers that you pray for a gracious knowledge of God to be revealed as the living and the true God, as is made known in the Holy Scriptures? Can I encourage you to pray tonight for a gracious move of the Spirit of God to come and search out the hearts of men so that men could recognize their sin and confess their sin? Can I encourage you tonight to, to, to plead for the country, for God to come in mercy and grant repentance and faith again to we Northern Ireland? Could I ask you to pray that God would remember his church at this time? Could I ask you to pray and remember all who are sick in the hospital with the virus that we might find a cure quickly? 
Could I ask you to remember all of those who are looking after those who are sick? All our National Health Service staff, our frontline doctors and nurses and care workers. Could I ask you to remember tonight all who are keeping the emergency services running? Could I ask you tonight to call upon God to grant us wisdom in these days so that we might know how best to seek his face? Could I ask you tonight to call upon God to have mercy and help us so that we can emerge from this stronger and better Christians for him? I encourage you to pray tonight for our own church and every individual church within our denomination that God would be more precious to us at this time. Could I encourage you to pray for your families, to pray for your loved ones, and especially those who are not yet saved or not yet converted. I want you to pray for God to work and save a multitude of precious souls, especially here in Northern Ireland. Could I encourage you to pray then for a genuine move of the Spirit of God? Remember Psalm 86 and verse 5, Wilt thou not revive us again, that we thy people may rejoice in thee? So as we hide ourselves in our houses tonight, you have an opportunity to shelter under the blood. You have an opportunity to supplicate the throne. You have an opportunity to share the truth. Surely we can trust the Lord even in times like this for the spread of the gospel. Remember, the good news of Jesus Christ is always relevant. It's up to date. The good news of Jesus Christ is always needed. And in times like these, of course, you you need a saviour. What do men and women need most? They need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ in the gospel. And we, of course, can be creative, even though you can't physically go and knock on someone's door and go in and sit and talk to them in their homes. You could email them. You could telephone them. You could let them know by way of card or letter that you're thinking about them. You can speak about peace with God. You can speak about the peace of God. Um, you, you need to be courageous Of course you need to be courteous Especially to others Many are, are afraid Many are panicked And we can tell them about our Heavenly Father Tell them that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Saviour That he's the shepherd of a bishop of his souls That, that we're one of the Lord's sheep And that there's a seeking Saviour For those that will admit their loss Remember the, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save That which was lost Do you know we can do something else? We can show our testimony. In these days of such trouble and indignation, we need to trust the Lord more than ever. We need to have faith in our God. Don't be overcome with fear. Don't be panicked. I know the fear is real, but the child of God is not to behave like an unconverted individual. Someone has rightly said, fear then is the opportunity for faith. And faith is fear transformed by calling to mind the glories of the Lord Jesus as his person and work and knowing the strength of God. Turn your eyes away from all that's causing fear tonight. Turn your eyes upon the Lord, upon the lovely Lord Jesus. Let's remember tonight that we have hope in him. Let's remember tonight we're under the blood. Let's remember we can pray to him. We have access to his throne room. We can come boldly to the throne of grace and we can obtain mercy to find, uh, 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 and find grace to help in time of need. We, we can witness for him even using these means. We can trust him. We have to say tonight that not even this COVID-19 virus should really cause us fear and alarm. We might become ill. Some of us might die. But should we not look upon that as the day of God's appointment? 
And in that day we'll be with Christ, which is far better. Don't even let the prospect of being alone in some intensive care room with a ventilator take away your faith. Remember the, the psalmist, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Do you know what's a wonderful blessing in the onward march of life? To know the presence and the power of the Lord with you. To, to be delivered from your fears. Is this not a time for we can grow in grace? Grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus? Is this not a time when we can give ourselves to the reading and the studying of the scriptures? And we can meditate in Christ? And, and, and let's not waste our time. Young people, I would urge you to use your time wisely. We've thought about the reason for this council. We've thought about the recommendation of this council. Let me just give you finally the results of this council. You see, for those that hide themselves for a little moment, they enjoy security. They're kept safe. You think of the word chambers, it's in the plural. Shut thy doors. And, and the thought is of many rooms in a large house. Think of the room called pardon. Well, you're under the blood. Where the scarlet curtains are hanging, they're, they're dyed in the blood of Christ, and you're, you're under that blood. Uh, think of the room called purpose. You, you know God's mind. We, we, can, we can know God's wisdom. We don't have to be perplexed. This hasn't taken him by surprise. He has a master plan, even for the world at this time. Think of the room called power. God is able. What a wonderful truth. He's able to bear us up in this trial. He's able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, well, we're still his. We're his by birth. We're his by blood. We're his by, because he has put a badge upon us, even love for him in our hearts. What about the room called peace? The question is not how can I get out of this trouble, but the question is, Lord, how should I behave myself in this trouble? And we can have peace in the storms of life. Remember this chapter says, I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed in thee because he trusteth in thee. And here's another result of this counsel. We, we, we have got the room called protection because God is faithful to the, our own. We can shut the door upon doubt and upon fear and anxiety and we can bask in the divine love of our God which is everlasting and free and sacrificial in Christ. We can rejoice in divine care because he cares for us. Casting all your care upon him, he careth for you. And of course, he has a divine interest in us. He is thinking of us. The psalmist said, though poor and needy, yet he thinketh upon me. And that's our security tonight. This room of pardon and purpose and power and peace and protection. We, we all enjoy in Christ. And let me say this finally. Here's another result of this counsel. Not only do we enjoy security, but we enjoy serenity. Notice the text says this. Hide thyself as it were for a little moment. And that's tremendous for a little moment. The tick of a clock. It's a wonderful expression. This trouble will not last long. And even though it lasts longer than we might imagine, still we can trust him. Let's remember tonight, you're maybe thinking to yourself, but what if I get this virus? 
Remember, we're all going to die one day. Remember, we all deserve to die. We've all been appointed to die. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 and 27, and as is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Remember, we've all been appointed not only to die physically, but to die in our sins and, and, and to, to go to this awful place called hell. But you know, the great news of the gospel is you don't have to go to hell. The great news of the gospel is you can prepare for heaven and home tonight through, through turning to Christ, through trusting in him as Lord and Savior. And maybe you're listening to me tonight and you're coughing and you've got chest pains. Maybe you think to yourself, my days are going to be few. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, I don't even know that if I'll be here next Sunday. I want you to turn to Christ tonight. I want you to, to listen to his word. I want you to ask yourself, can you not enjoy pardon and power and peace and protection and know the purposes of God if you're in Christ? The Bible says, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. There's two ways to die. You can die in Christ or you can die without Christ. And I would encourage you, the most blessed way to leave this scene of time is to go with the knowledge that you're in Christ. Again, in the book of Revelation, we read in Revelation chapter 14 and in the verse 13, and I heard a voice from heaven saying, right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. And that's our peace, perfect peace. I commend to you this message tonight. Here's God's counsel in the light of this coronavirus. There's a reason for this counsel, the indignation that yet to come, the day of wrath. And God's recommendation is come, come to him. God's recommendation is to enter into the chambers where there's pardon and peace and power and protection and shut the door to doubt and anxiety and know this result, that you can be secure and you can be at peace. May the Lord bless his word to you tonight and undertake for all of you this evening.